Hello and welcome to this uh, webinar on how to optimise heart failure patient management using HeartLogic. I'm Roy Gardner, I'm a consultant cardiologist from Glasgow in the United Kingdom. I'm honorary professor at the University of Glasgow and I'm also chair-elect of the British Society for Heart Failure. And I'm delighted to be joined today by Dr. Rodrigue Garcia, who's a cardiologist who finished his training in Poitiers, France, and is currently working in Denmark. And he's leading an investigator-led study uh, and it's a registry about patients monitored using the heart logic algorithm. Now, everyone dialing into this webinar will know that heart failure is common. It affects between 1% and 2% of the adult population, and it's associated with high morbidity and mortality rates. We also recognise that patients come into hospital and come into hospital time and time again, and this can be an associated with a real reduction in quality of life. Now, we're going to talk about HeartLogic. I've been involved in HeartLogic for around about 10 years as part of the Multisense programme initially. And as you're probably aware, this was a 900-patient study looking at patients who'd been implanted with a Boston Cognos device. Now, this device has the potential to use a suite of sensors, including the monitoring of the first and third heart sound, as well as markers of ventilation, potentially a posture, thoracic impedance, and so on and so forth. Now, research is one thing, but we want to know what happens in clinical practice. But of course, it's also important when we're looking at clinical practice to make sure that the things we are doing are really beneficial to patients. And for that reason, we're delighted to be joined by Rodrigo, who's, as I say, involved in a registry looking at heart logic in clinical practice. So, Rodrigo, how do you feel, why did you feel the need to set up this study on heart logic? Thank you, Rory. Uh, well, um, I thought that could be a great idea to set up this study um, because uh, nowadays there are only a few studies assessing the heart logic uh, algorithm and, uh, well, having uh, real life data in France could be really interesting and uh, uh, it could be also a way to um, introduce heart logic to heart failure centers. And how do you find using heart logic on a day-to-day -day basis? How, how do you manage a patient, for example, who has an alert with heart logic? Oh, that's a really nice uh, question. Um, first, um, we know that we have a, a time between the alerts and the the clinical event of uh, heart failure. In the multisense uh, study, it was uh, a median of 34 days. So um, when you have a, an alert, you shouldn't hurry and, uh, and just uh, 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 increase directly uh, the, the diuretics. You can first, well, it's what we do in, in Poitiers, we call the patient and uh, ask him if everything is going well. Um, did he have infection? Was he hospitalized in the recent uh, days? And uh, then if uh, there are some signs of uh, heart failure which are increasing or, uh, or um, if uh, he feel uh, short of breath, we can uh, directly um, increase the diuretics dose. But if there is nothing uh, about uh, 
heart failure clinical signs, we can just look and monitor uh, the, the, the index for a few days and see if uh, this index increases or if uh, some uh, uh, slight um, heart failure signs appear. And then if it, if it is the case, we uh, can uh, in, uh, increase or introduce diuretics. Thank you. And do you just look at the heart logic index or do you look at the parameters that are they're also available to you? That's a very nice question. Exactly. We use the, the, the wall parameters that are available. Um, first, if uh, the, the patient uh, can uh, have, uh, uh, give us his weight, that is uh, very uh, nice information. But we also look if there are uh, new episodes of atrial fibrillation or if it's if it is a patient with a CRT device, does the percentage of left ventricular pacing decreased? And yes, and then if we have a little experience with this patient, we can also see that some parameters are more reliable than others. Uh, for example, we had the experience that in a patient, um, the, the thoracic impedance uh, was uh, really uh, correlated with the uh, heart failure. So in case of a uh, heart logic index, we, can, we could uh, look closer to the thoracic impedance for that particularly patient. Yeah, and I, I liked your previous point about the fact that we do have time to make a decision about a heart logic alert. The median of 34 days from the multisense trial was, was very, very important. And of course, we have seen instances with other studies, .hf, for example, looking at thoracic impedance, where perhaps there's a knee-jerk reaction and there's a, subsequently an increased risk of hospitalisation. That's not what we want to achieve here. We want to achieve better outcomes for, for patients. And I think the approach that you seem to be taking appears absolutely uh, practically helpful. Just out of interest, how much do you increase the diuretics by if you do decide to increase the diuretics? Yeah, we usually um, uh, double the dose um, for three days in general, but after it depends on your experience and of the patient. And we um, uh, look closely at the renal function and how the patient uh, responses to, to the diuretic increase. Um, for example, some patients will um, decrease their heart logic index after three days, whereas in others, you will have first a decrease in uh, heart failure symptoms and then a decrease of the heart logic index. So yes, it, it's, it's, it's something general and it should be adapted to every patient. Thank you. And one of the things I've noticed certainly over the last year, and clearly it's been a challenging year for everybody, but remote monitoring in many parts of the UK was underutilized. How have you noticed things changing during COVID? Are you using HeartLogic more? Is it something you found to be more helpful during this sort of period of time? Yes, exactly. Uh, during the COVID pandemic, the patients were really afraid to come to the hospital and that allowed us to uh, 
increase dramatically the the use of uh, telemonitoring. And uh, for example, uh, when I implant um, a device, uh, a defibrillator, uh, I explain to the patient that the the telemonitoring is uh, like a security belt. It's something more, and we can uh, check uh, some parameters uh, without the patient coming to the hospital. And well, if um, the heart logic index is uh, low, we know that the probability uh, for him to uh, have a heart failure episode is very, very, very low. And whereas um, the heart logic uh, index increases, there might be uh, some um, uh, a probability, but it's not 100%. And that's why uh, we will phone him and we will uh, monitor him more closely. Absolutely. And, and you hit on a very key point. So the, the people who have who are not within an alert with heart logic, these are people we can be reassured about. This is a useful triage tool, isn't it? And it's the people who are in alert. These are the people we need to keep an eye on. And in fact, we've subsequently done uh, further analyses. And indeed, people who are not in an alert, who have a, an NT proBNP of less than a thousand picograms per mil, the likelihood of hospitalisation is very, very small indeed. So it does seem to be a very, very useful uh, triage tool. So finally, where do you see the future of heart logic? Can you think of other instances where it might be useful? Yes, I think that um, first, uh, heart logic could be really interesting in. Uh, heart failure with uh, preserved ejection fraction, because uh, nowadays um, we don't really know how to manage these patients and they are prone to have very severe uh, heart failure uh, decompensation. Um, that's the first point. And then um, I see the future of heart logic um, in other devices not only defibrillators, for example, in CRT pacing or even, even in uh, implantable loop recorders. I think that's exactly right, because, of course, one of the problems with HEF-HEF is we don't really have any gold standard proven therapies, certainly not from a device point of view, and these individuals aren't going to get CRT. So the, the prospect of having heart logic within a, an injectable loop recorder or even a wearable device is quite intriguing indeed. And so I, I agree with you. I think that would be an interesting area for us to expand in the future. Well, I want to thank you for, for joining us for this brief soundbite. I, I think it's been very interesting. It's also nice to see that you're doing similar things to, to what we are doing here, uh, certainly in, in Glasgow. Uh, I think the future of heart logic is very bright indeed, and uh, it's potentially the, the triage tool that more of us should be using in our clinical practice. Thank you very much for, for joining us, and thank you, the audience, for your attention. Thank you, Roy.